everybody. Welcome back to Joygasm, where we chat about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Ross, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is, of course, Steve, Xbox Live Stevovich. And we get ourselves into a rootin' tootin' good time in episode 94 today, November 3rd, 2018. This week's episode covers the latest BlizzCon announcements, which there are plenty to go over before pivoting into the topic of the day, which speaking of, our topic of the day is... Which roughly translates into Red Dead Redemption 2 impressions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamp located in this episode's detailed section of iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Otherwise, just keep listening. Oh, man. It has been a fun-filled playing week. What do you think? Late nights, Russ. Late nights. Lots and lots of gaming bliss. <laughs> and the week has gone by very fast, too, I must say. It has. Yeah, I was pretty surprised about that. Were you? I was, uh, considering I didn't have any kind of you know, holiday or... Well, I mean... <laughs> it's not Thanksgiving yet. Well, I was going to say, Halloween was like smack dab in the center of the week. And even though it's not like a national holiday or anything, I mean, it's kind of like the one like unofficial holiday of the year. Wednesday did feel kind of like Friday for that reason. Yeah. And it was great to have you come over and have Shut us up. go out and, and uh, <laughs> see my, my daughter go trick-or-treating. It's always, uh, you know, just a, a nice little outing. But yes, there was uh, plenty to play. I don't know if you watched anything. I think you may have been like me where you just played your heart out. Hold on a minute, Russ. Oh. Hold on a Are minute. Are you trying to say... Hold your horses. Hold your horses. Mm. Hold your Clydesdales. No, uh, so whatever happened to the your, your costume you wore to work? What about it? Y'all didn't dress up as that when you went in your little daddy-daughter trick-or-treat. No, there was absolutely no way I could have uh, <laughs> been mobile if I wore that, but... You can hop. Did I? Okay, okay. So I did I talk about this in the previous episode? I believe you did. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, you you could go over it. The cliff notes, Russ. So to essentially briefly recap, we had an office party where um, every year we have all the folks kind of vote on what the theme is going to be, and so for us, we this year voted to have a Pixar theme. So everyone theme. who worked there, yeah. um, you know, you could choose. And actually, you know what? We expanded it. It, it, it was Pixar um, and or DreamWorks because we wanted to have kind of like that 3D animated film vibe. Yeah, which was really funny because if I remember correctly, absolutely no one chose any characters from the DreamWorks side. Everybody just chose Pixar characters, which... I mean, come on, let's be real. Pixar uh, makes better movies overall. So, <laughs> But uh, for me, I was going through a bit of a costume creator block, so to speak. My wife, um, she over the last like three years or so has been kind of the costume fabricator. And so when this thing comes up... Uh, she has helped kind of cultivate a bit of a, a reputation of sorts that when Halloween comes around, 
that we have some sort of amazing costume that I'm able to put on and wear and everyone gets a big kick out of at the office. So to give you an idea, like we had a Pirates of the Caribbean theme one year. This was, uh, I think, about three years ago or so. And she like painstakingly fabricated out of like nothing, essentially, um, <laughs> this Kraken outfit that just looked absolutely amazing. And um, it really, it really caused people at work to just like, you know, kind of look at Halloween differently when it came to the office. And then since that time, like I, uh, she came up with the idea when we had a Star Wars theme. I was um, actually George Lucas, which was really funny. Did you post those pictures? I did in my my personal social media. Hmm. I'm sure I could probably make it available to the Joygasm hmm. social media pages. Maybe though. on Instagram or something. Yeah, if people are interested, I can, I can, I can post it up there. They'll have people check it out, comment, all that fun stuff. So what did we do last year? We did, let's see. Well, I know you were the Ghostbusters. You were. That's what it was last year. Last year, it was, it was 80s movies is what the theme was. I'm glad one of us still has a memory. I know. I know. Steve, what was life for Halloween? Well, Russ, let me check back. What year? <laughs> well, it's funny because you haven't dressed up as anything. As squat. Yeah, so for me, I'm trying to remember, like, what year, what the heck was I, that sort of thing. But that last year was just really precious. And, I, and those pictures, actually, I did post on social media of um, my little one being the Stay Puff Marshmallow Princess and me being a Ghostbuster. There, there are pictures that I recall posting up there. But anyway, this year, um, it got to pretty much kind of almost like the day before <laughs> Halloween, and my wife all of a sudden got inspired to turn me into Luxo. Do you know who Luxo? Yeah, I do. Or what Luxo is? Yeah, I, yeah. I okay, do. well, I mean, you kind of already saw it, so it makes no sense. To oh, are this supposed to be the now. Cliff Notes, or is this, is this the brief version of the this, long this version? This is the brief version, version yeah. believe it or not, because we're going through kind of a, a quick little chronology, yeah, memory lane over the last like three to four years. But anyway, she ended up turning me into the Pixar lamp mascot that you see bouncing up and down on the, the letter I whenever you see the the, yeah, the like a Pixar uh, film. So anyway, she did a fantastic job. It looked amazing and everybody really enjoyed it at work. She even um, took a, an inflatable ball and painted it. She painted it so it's yellow with a blue stripe and it had the red star on the top of it. So um yeah, I think that's a good idea. I'll, I'll make sure I post some pictures of it on, on our uh, social media pages for Joygasm so um, you guys can can take a little look-see. There you go. But yeah, Halloween was fun. We were a little concerned because uh, it had been raining for so long, and finally the rain let up at just the right time for us to be able to go out and, and let our uh, daughter have a, a fun time out there. So definitely um, did not see as many children as we normally do. Eh, it's to be expected. So, anyway, what have you been up to, Steve? What have you been playing? What have you been? Well, Ross, I got a little story for you. I like stories, so I believe this was. Uh, <laughs> I said the week was fast. My memory's a little hazy. I think this was either Saturday night or Sunday night. One of the one of the two. One of the dose. I went back to see if thieves. I think you had oh, signed man. off and uh, or something. I'm like, man, I want to just see what those. Forsaken Shores again. Well, I go by myself. No big baby moose. No, you know, no uh -huh. you, no one else. And I thought, hmm, I'm going to sail the, the brig by myself because it's fast, right? 
And so, and there was like hardly anybody on, on the server either. I, I, I think maybe we saw one or two people. So I go out there, mm-hmm. my ship sinks. I get too close to walk in and my ship sinks. I'm like, oh, I'm start Were you sailing the, the brigantine? Yep. Okay. So I'm like, okay, reload, go back over there. So I'm sailing over, right? I get there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be really careful this time. And so I try and park the ship <laughs> in an area where I don't think, I think it's, too, it's so close that it's not going to get hit by lava balls. You know what I mean? And sure enough, it does. I'm okay. I find a nice little nook where nothing hits me. And I stay in there for like 15 minutes, I think. And this thing was going. It's erupting, erupting, erupting. My ship sinks. So I'm like, what do I do? Great. And I, have, I found like three treasure chests and stuff. And I have, I was like loaded. Well, I found a rowboat. And I go, well, here goes nothing. I, mean, you know, I don't want to reload the thing because I don't want my stuff to get stolen. So I go on the rowboat. And I'm like trying to navigate the horizon Old school style. Did you have your treasure chests in the rowboat? Yes. <laughs> I had three treasure chests stuck there in the rowboat. I'm like bouncing on the ocean waves, blah, blah, trying to row as fast uh-huh. as I can. I'm trying to recognize the islands because um, you don't, you know, nothing tells you what it is until you're right there on it. Now I'm thinking, um, how did that island look? Okay, does this one? Okay, that's Crooked Mouse because we end up there every single time we play. Make a long story short. I rode from one end of the map to the other end of the map. Are you serious? I'm absolutely serious. I went from Forsaken Shores, whatever island I was on, I don't know. Doesn't matter. That's on the, all the way on the, on the right side. <laughs> and then I wound up at Golden Sands. So why would you go all the way to the opposite side of the world map? Wasn't there like an outpost that you could have right. stayed at? Yes, and- there are plenty of outposts, but on the rowboat, you don't have a map. Oh my gosh. Like the maps are only available on the ships. And so I'm going thinking, am I going north or south? I'm going to stop and open up my compass. Were those treasure chests like some pretty rare ones at least? I mean, yeah, they were expensive. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they weren't like all, you know, captain's chests and stuff, but um, they're all themed for the Forsaken Shore. So they're worth a lot more than like the normal stuff you'd find. On How the, long did that islands. take you to get over there? Oh, I don't even know. I didn't want to think about it. Hey, ro- like, the rowboat is been. significantly sh- like slower than any yeah. of the ships. I was trying to time the oars because, if you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you hold down the triggers of the controller, he rows, but the, of course when he's right. rowing in the water, it's slower. I was trying to time it so that if I go, okay, if I let go this fast, you know, I, it, it, there's no, time that's that's wasted for him oaring did you pass any ships any ships see you like no, going by I, I did pass uh a couple sloops but the the waves were so high I, they i don't know if they saw me or not i mean they sailed away <laughs> i kind of thought about waving at them like hey help me out sort of thing and i thought well you don't see a thieves and so you know yeah you, that was probably gamble yeah. you know so i thought yeah i'll just I, i'm gonna find something i'm gonna recognize an island i'm gonna find out where i am Sure enough, I kind of sort of did, and I go, and I waited till it was, you know what I did? You know those smaller outposts that they that's relatively new in the game where you can just go and buy some random decorative stuff for your ship? Yeah. So I found one of those, and I thought, I, I think I was going to either give up, or I was you know, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, it went dark. It went nighttime. I thought, oh, man, this is l- freaking lonely. You know, I'm <laughs> only me in a rowboat in the middle of the ocean. And so I, I see the glimmer of light from an outpost and I went, oh, yes. I mean, none of the other, none of the other islands light up that much. I mean, some of them like 
Well, here's like a little tiki torch here and there, but not like an outpost where it's all lit up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. That's got to be him. And I made a beeline right towards it. Sure enough, I was there. I thought, oh, just my luck. Somebody will be there like waiting. Like, oh, look at this. Someone's or- you know, coming up in a robot. I'm steal their stuff. Someone went away. They didn't see me. I went in there and uh, <laughs> my phone. And got like, you know, 3,000 or 4,000 in coins or something like that. And, uh, and, and that was it. That was my night. I'm like, I gotta go to bed. I thought, man, I, I said to myself, wouldn't that be funny if I had to, or I had to, or this little boat from one of them that they can't, that that's not going to happen. Or a row. Well, you, you have the oars. I mean, you're, <laughs> or your boat. Yeah, there you go. Let's row your boats to you. Whatever. So, <clears throat> well, that is quite the story. Yes. And, I, and you know what? There's no achievement for it either. Now that's unfortunate. Yeah. I would have expected something to be in there, especially for a game as quirky as Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I know. Well, no, I guess apparently no one thought of that when they were making the game. Whatever. You know what? No rare achievement. I, I, I'm okay, Russ. I don't need any trophies for mediocrity. I'll do it again. Okay. You know? Other than that, um, I was I played a lot of the uh, Junkenstein's Revenge Overwatch. You did. I noticed you were on Overwatch quite a bit. That's that's mm-hmm. uh, good for you. And then after we were we were uh, trick or treating, I thought about I th- I thought that the event was going to last that week because Halloween was on a Wednesday and they usually yeah. do their updates on a Tuesday. Right. And it it, it didn't. It stopped, and so I, I was looking to get the uh, the skin for Wrecking Ball with with the big pumpkin. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's an angry version of the uh, Cinderella <laughs> chariot pumpkin. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to buy that, and then the event went away, so now I can't. I have to wait till next year. I'm telling you, with like the different types of costumes that they're co- constantly coming out with in that game. I personally can't keep up. I mean, I don't, I haven't played Overwatch in um, quite a while. I mean, I play it like, like sporadically here and there, but not nearly to the amount that I was playing it earlier. And it's just because all these new games have been coming out. I still am very much interested in in continuing to play it. But yeah, I mean, they've been so good about having just event after event kind of come through almost on like a monthly basis that there are several costumes that have been probably piling up to the point now where if I were to go in there, I'd be like, Ooh, I'd like to get this one and this one, that sort of thing. And I think that's kind of a nice kind of almost like byproduct of how they're doling these costumes out is just, if you have the money and you want to buy one, you can, you can go ahead and do so. But if you don't, you know, the, the penalty is that you have to wait until that holiday comes around again and then they unlock all of those skins for a limited amount of time. But the nice thing is, is that you get to kind of see like just all these different types of skins that act as motivation for you wanting to play the game and be able to earn more gamer credits, that sort of thing. I know, of course, that you also played Red Dead Redemption. I figured that'd be obvious. Yes. I must say I am taking my sweet time. As well you should. I'm not going to beat that game for a while. And I, uh, yeah, no, it's a a very pleasant place to be. It is indeed. I cannot wait till we get to our topic of the day to be able to... (laughs) Really? Yeah, I'll just skip everything else. Let's go right to it. Yeah, You know, it's, it's actually kind of funny. I was planning on, on just having us just dive right in 
And I was just kind of looking around, seeing um, just, you know, in the off chance that there would be something worth talking about before we go in. <laughs> and uh, I was talking to a friend who um, reminded me that this weekend is BlizzCon. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a big deal. So there is a lot to go through. And so I was thinking, okay, well, we're going to have definitely a, a filled up episode this time. And it's going to be a lot of fun of just being able to focus on BlizzCon for a while and then go into Red Dead Redemption. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun on my side of things. So I got some good news. Oh, uh, Forza Horizon four, um, is finally fixed for me <laughs> in terms of the audio. So now when I'm actually racing, all the sounds are back, the music's back, that sort of thing. There are other bugs in the game, however, like some races that you go to where you have to buy a vehicle in order to participate in a certain type of race. You know how like it, it shows you that contact sheet of sorts where like, you know, you have the, the background animation just kind of moving around and it's kind of blurred and you have all these like car thumbnails. The cars are not spawning in the thumbnails. All I see are just the thumbnail layout. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I think it's done a little bit of that with me. It, it's like a loading thing um, where I've scrolled all through the cars as fast as I can because I know what I'm looking for. And it'll it'll say McLaren. And then I know I'm not on McLaren. I'm on like the Range Rover. Mm. And <laughs> so, but I'll wait there like, okay, is it going to, I'm trying to select it here. Uh, and then it'll, t- after like five or 10 seconds, it'll go, and it'll change the vehicle while I've just, you know. Unfortunately, that was not the case for me because I wasn't even hitting the bumpers. I was just sitting there waiting for the initial spawn of the car thumbnails to appear. <laughs> nothing. I mean, I was there for minutes and nothing appeared. And I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this game is really, really fun when it works. Right. But with the amount of bugs that I've experienced with this game, I'm a little disappointed in... in the lack of quality control with the, with a triple a first party title like this. I mean, these are some serious bugs. These are not some sort of like little dinky cosmetic C level bug. I mean, these are a and B level bugs and it's just, it's unfortunate because I want to be able to play the game and these types of experiences are causing me to just stop playing the game and put something else on that I know is stable and that works. And it's just a bummer because it's like, man, I really want to like, just, I want to keep playing with it and everything else. And, and horizon three was never this buggy. That's the one thing that I, I, if I recall, like at least in my personal experience, like I think maybe the game had a couple of like system crashes during the, the entire time that I played but that was it. I mean, everything else for me worked. Yeah. There were some instances with Forza horizon three where if your car was pulling out of the, the venue, mm-hmm it looked like it was hovering where I like the shadowing or the lighting was, was off and the car just looked like it was hovering. And sometimes it was like that in the garage too. Not too often, but enough often enough, I thought, yeah, it's doing it again. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's you know, it not enough to really hate on it, but I just thought, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's pointing at me. Uh, so there was a glitch in Forza Horizon 3 that I have yet to discover. I haven't tried it yet. Well, you read about it? or I, know, I did it. Oh, I thought you said you have yet to discover. In Forza Horizon 4, yes. <gasps> the same glitch. I'm tracking with you. Uh-huh. Continue. The glitch was, you know, 
when you're driving around and you're like destroying you know, all the nice yep. fences and the you know like flowers as and, well you should you know thin trees whatever and you get points for it right landscaping whatever that's actually one of the uh, mm-hmm. yeah well when you do some jumps right you get credit absolutely there's Kangaroo. a right yes if you buy the Nissan GTR, the the black edition GTR, and you put the wide body kit on it, and you lower the car as far as it can go, like just a millimeter off the, the road, right? Really low. And then you mm-hmm. go to the train tracks, and you basically put the car, right, the middle of the car, on the train tracks, right? Okay. The tracks are going like through, like underneath the car. Uh-huh. What basically happens is the car is so low that the vehicle gets stuck on the tracks and the game's trying to decide is it is is the car supposed to get credit for going over a jump or is it just stuck on the road or what's actually happening and, mm. it, and it causes the game to glitch and your car starts hovering over the tracks and then crashing and then hovering like major hovering weird and you almost get stuck on the tracks because the car is so low and it doesn't really know how to compute it well, it registers that as you continually going over small jumps and you can score like hundreds of thousands of credit just by doing that. Uh-huh. It's boring because you just sit there and watch the game kind of glitch <laughs> out and then you get stuck and the train comes and you lose, you know, what you were just working on. I never saw that personally. I know. Hmm. So I got the same car and Forza Horizon 4, so I've yet to try it out, but... It might work, it might not. You never know. It never got fixed, and it's been that way for a while. Well, my, my. Indeed. Now, another game that I've been playing this week is Soul Calibur Six, and um, I ended up, if you recall in the previous episode... I do. I talk about... Oh, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm glad you were listening. That I had purchased a second version of, of the game just for Windows, because I wanted to see if there was a difference um, in the graphics fidelity, because that was kind of like the, the big point of contention that we talked about during our play impressions in last week's episode. And so I had Steve come over and we were checking it out. I have a, a, f- um, a mobile workstation. It's 4K, all that fun stuff. And... I'm happy to report that actually with that type of setup, it looked gorgeous. It was, I feel compelled to have to make sure that I, I add that in as like kind of a, an addendum to our play impressions of soul caliber six. It was a huge, to me anyway, it was like a huge night and day difference of just, there was little to no aliasing whatsoever. The texture resolutions were much higher, much more smoother looking, um, the, the background assets looked just flawless to, as far as I could tell. I mean, it, it just, it, it looked like how I was expecting Soul Calibur six to look in the first place. I mean, do you agree? I do. So you are happy to report that you were happy as a clam. I am. And I'm curious now too, because I want to know what this game looks like running on an Xbox one X with a 4k TV. I want to know if like the, the visual experience is the same as what we noticed on, um, my machine, my, my, uh, windows workstation. I, I'd be curious to see that because typically, you know, PCs tend to have uh, a bit kind of a, an edge on consoles just because especially if you have a, a brand spanking new system and it's got all kinds of wonderful uh, processing power and memory and everything else, it, it can usually 
present something that looks a little bit better or sometimes noticeably better than what, what's on console. But yeah, I, I think the, the jury is still out on that. The game, of course, is just super fun to play. And I also had fun uh, just hooking up one of my Xbox One controllers for the first time to my my PC and just using a little micro USB to, to attach it. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, this is okay. I can have fun playing some of my games downstairs as opposed to upstairs. And um, especially with the Xbox Game Pass, I realized that in addition to playing Soul Calibur 6, I could also play like Forza Horizon 4 because I have it up here for my Xbox. And of course, Microsoft is doing that thing where um, any of their first party titles through like Game Pass um, will actually be available to you to play both on PC and Xbox. Awesome. Free of charge. Nice. You just have to subscribe to the Xbox Game Pass. And so as a result, I have downloaded Sea of Thieves. On and installed it. I also have Forza Horizon 4. So I'm getting a little little smattering of the games that I have on the Xbox, but downstairs. And um, if for nothing else, it's just fun to kind of do a graphics comparison. And, and, and it's, I mean, it's just as fun to play. The screen is not as large as having a 65-inch TV, but still, I mean, like there there's a lot of stuff there to appreciate. You should download Wolfenstein and see how it looks. Well, I'm not sh- I think certain versions of, I think the older game of Wolfenstein is available through Xbox mm. Game Pass. But uh, as a general rule right now, I, th- I believe Xbox Game Pass only really shows off kind of the first party efforts from like the past and the present. But I do think that they are starting to reach out toward third party uh, titles and whatnot. So anyway, just uh, uh, kind of wrap things up with what's kind of the latest with me. Of course, I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2. <clears throat> and uh, Steve and I have made it a point to not really uh, disclose very much details at all in terms of our thoughts on it because we wanted to wait until now. So uh, with that being said... Um, would you like to segue into this week uh, in the history of video games and movies? Is that, that was, did, I, did I say it right? Uh, I guess. Let, let me let me hear you say it. This week in movie and game history. Yeah, that's better. This week in movie and game history. Cue the music. All right, Give me a little something something here. All right, how about uh, D- DJ Toaster? That's my tune right there. That's my jam. (laughs) That's my toaster 316 jam. So, we start off uh, this week in movies. Movies! American History X. Oh. Ah, yeah. I remember you were a big fan of that one. Ah, yeah. Movie had kind of an impact. I don't know why, but uh, yeah. Perfect movie to go see with grandma, you know? Oh, sure. Especially during the holidays. Uh, <laughs> and what year did that come out? 1998. 1998. That was Turns 20. 20 years. Yes, sir. Now, continuing the, uh, well, I don't know about that. That wasn't really a holiday, but this one, next one is uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Turns 25 as of October the 29th. Oh. That would be uh, the year of 1993, in case we uh, need an arithmetic check. Yeah. check. Do you mind if I add in an anecdote to that one? Yes, I do. Oh. All right, fine. Go ahead. Not feel bad. 
that was the very first movie that I ever took a girl on a date. Oh. You gotta, that's a, okay, fine. What? Hey, baby. Hey, baby. You wanna go see Nightmare Before Christmas? Hey, this guy is a Tim Burton fan. What was she? If you wanna get with me, <laughs> you gotta be a fan of the Burton. <laughs> this guy is so weird. Um, Anyway, where was I? Uh, oh, here's an Alfred Hitchcock uh, film that turns 80 as of uh, the same same uh, same day. The Lady Vanishes. Okay. I never saw it. Did you ever see that one? I never heard of that one. Hitchcock. Actually, no. That came out November 1st. I'm sorry. November 1st, 1938. Gotcha. Now, one movie that I had on my list last time, and again, forgot to uh, read it because I think I was... Uh, being distracted by you. The Wiz. The Wiz! Did you ever see The Wiz? I don't remember. I, I, I know I don't movie. think you ever saw The Wiz, Ross. Did you see it? Yes, I did. I saw it. Who was in it? Michael Jackson. Man, no, I did not see it. It's... I, you know what? I saw pictures of it. I didn't actually see the movie. Yeah. Basically, it's like the... Um, it's like an African-American version of The Wizard of Oz. Right. Yes. So Michael Jackson's in it. Uh, Diana Ross was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Pryor was in it. Oh. So, yeah, a buddy of mine was like, he told me about it. I work at Alfred's, so I thought he was joking. Like, yeah, The Wiz. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what's <is> that? <laughs> He's looking at me like, it's a movie. You got to see it. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll watch it. Anyway. Moving on to video games. <laughs> Lay it on me. <laughs> As of October the 28th, back in 1988, Super Thunderblade. Super Thunderblade? That was the helicopter game for Genesis that was kind of like Space Harrier. Oh, right. I was a big fan of that series, actually. Awesome name for a game, by the way. Yeah. That was the one where like you were flying through like the, or not really through the buildings, but the buildings would come at you side to side and like you had to shoot the tanks on the ground other right. helicopters would come shoot you. Basically, if you went in circles, like a slow circle, you would, no one could hit you. Right. Um, and then sometimes you would have to go into a cave and look out for the, that was an EA title, wasn't it? I don't think, uh, I don't recall if it was EA. I, Cause EA had like some kind of helicopter uh, game I that I played. It was like, I know what you're talking about, but I don't think it was the oh, same game. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was like, it was called something like Desert Strike. I think it was Desert Strike. And then they, like their sequel was called Jungle Strike. And yeah. And other ones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that's the, and that one was more like top down. This one was... Gotcha. Like, you're right behind the helicopter. Uh, where was I? Okay, yeah. So, same day, but a little bit later, 1993, we had Madden NFL. Ah, yes. Or, excuse me, NFL 94, which turns 25 as of, as of uh, the 28th. That was a good one. Uh, a little bit later, at 2003, we had Amped number two, which is kind of like your Tony Hawk version of snowboarding. Right. And let's see. Oh. <clears throat> You'll recognize this one, Russ. This will make you feel old. Same day, The Sims making magic. Yes, that brings back memories. Wasn't that one one that uh, Lindsay Pearson was working on? 
She was the brainchild behind that one. Uh-huh. Okay. I would uh, ask that you'd stop yelling that way in my <laughs> headset. It's quite obnoxious. Thank you. <laughs> my headset's turned down. I'm not yelling loud enough. <laughs> We've done it like twice in the last like 30 seconds. I know. Let's see. Same day. Um, let's see here. Top spin. Top spin. No, that was a good one. There you go. It was a little tennis uh-huh. simulator. Yeah. And uh, kill switch. Do you ever notice how most of the tennis games that come out are actually really successful? I like the uh, the Wii Tennis myself. Yeah. Wii uh, Tennis was out there. I mean, remember, remember uh, Virtua Tennis? I do remember Richard Tennis. Yeah. October 29th, Russ, we're moving on here. Now, this is, you got to remember that this is the uh, time when a lot of games are coming out, kind of like we're experiencing now. You know what I mean? October 29th, 1988. We just talked about Blade, uh, or excuse me, Thunderblade. How it was similar to Space Harrier? Well, Space Harrier 2. Oh, man. Came out in 1988. Turns 30. 30 years old. Okay, moving on a little on here. 1993, October 29, 1993. We got Mega Man 4. That was a good one. Castlevania, Rondo of Blood. We had another another Castlevania that came out. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and in October 29, 2003, the original Call of Duty. A day that will live in infamy. I knew you were going to say that. Moving on, October 30th, 1998, Grim Fandango. That was a good move, or movie, that game. That was a Tim Schafer game. Actually, he came to visit, um, during that, that whole release, uh, he came to visit our, well not our, my college that I went to. And he gave out uh, posters of Grim Fandango to I all of us. I think I remember that. Yeah. I didn't have a good enough PC at the, at the time, but I had my buddy buy it. He's like, what, what game? Like, dude, buy it. LucasArts, I think. Uh-huh. Maybe that, yeah. That was back when Tim Schafer was working at LucasArts. There you go. You can get that game now on mobile, by the way. Oh, I'm sure you can. You know, your buddy who was uh, working on Psychonauts helped him bring it out. That's right. Let's see here. Um, okay, so October 30th, 2003, Prince of Persia's Sands of Time. I still remember that uh, game coming out. Mm-hmm. Now we can move on to the 31st. I knew that. I told you there were going to be a bunch of them. 1978 here, Russ. Mm-hmm. 1978, Atari Football Arcade. Oh, man. Turns 40. And then this was uh, an early movie adaptation here in 1983, Halloween for the Atari 2600. I actually remember that. Turn, I never played it, but I saw pictures of it in the magazine. Turns 35. 1993, I don't know if you remember this one. I had this game, Chase HQ. I remember that, yes. That was that, it was basically Outrun, but you were a cop uh-huh. and you had to like run into cars, like the bad guy cop, yeah. bad guy cars that were running I, away from you. That was a lot of fun. Let's see. So then the same day, Alien vs. Predator, last of his clan, came out along with Street Fighter II, The Challengers, Ren and Stimpy Show, F1 Pole Position, Capcom's MV. Football. <gasps> it's a big day, Russ. Sounds like Not it. A big day. Okay, 1998. Now, same same day, October 31st, but 1998. Guilty Gear, the original Guilty Gear. Ah, uh, yeah. Turns, That's a classic. There you go. Let's see. Same day, Twisted Metal Three. 
That's making uh, me that's, feel old. I was going to say, that's more of you. Now, Twisted Metal 3, that was the one where they licensed Rob Zombie to put his music in the game. I remember that. Gosh, that was a while ago. The music was good, but the story, even though the story's messed up in all the Twisted Metals, that's when it really started to get eerie. I was, and I don't think I even played Twisted... Did I play Twisted Metal 4? I don't remember. I remember you got really excited once Twisted Metal Black came out. Twisted you, Metal you Black was... Yeah, Black was good. Twisted Metal 2 was good. Of course, the original Twisted Metal yeah. was awesome. I would say Twisted Metal 2 is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Let me see. Okay, yeah, same day. Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, and Test Drive Off-Road 2 came out. Remember when that series was, was going around? Like, I the do. The Test Drive series? Mm-hmm. Now fast forward a bit. November 1st, 1988. Oh, my, my notes just slipped. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, my thumb moved. <laughs> okay. Remember how we would go to our friend's house and whenever they had Super Mario, they'd always have Duck Hunt? Oh, yeah. That's because it came out in a combo. That's right. I didn't know that. That came out in 1988. That's on November 1st. Mm. Turns 30, right? My goodness. I'm like, man, why does everybody who has Super Mario have Duck Hunt with the little, like, little screen uh -huh. laser gun thingy? That dog is always so helpful on screen. Yeah, really. Okay, we're almost done here. November 2nd, 1988. 93, Robocop versus the Terminator. Turns 25. I don't think I ever played that one. That was a Super Nintendo title. You know what? I think Terminator would win every time. Sorry, Robocop fans. I think Terminator would win. And you'll recognize this one. November 3rd, 1998, Crash Bandicoot Warped. Crash Bandicoot Warped, yeah. Turns 20, along with Wipeout 64. Very nice. For the Nintendo 64, in case you didn't know. Well, thank you very much for all that, Steve. That sounded like there were actually quite a few titles that came out uh, yeah. during the same dates of this past week. A lot of the games come out right at the end of Halloween, entering into Thanksgiving, because when Black Friday comes and the uh, Christmas is right around the corner, they got to put all those games on sale. It definitely makes sense. Well, let's pivot on into BlizzCon. There is an absolute ton that we need to cover. Cheers, love! The cavalry's here! Winston reporting. Justice reigns from above! Junkrat primed and ready! Lucio coming at you! Form up on the payload! Move it out! Nerf this! Come out and face me! I am ready to revive you! So, you have to understand, uh... I don't know if there is like a BlizzCon theme song or not. So I figured, huh, I might, I might as well just bust out the Overwatch League. That's yeah, close enough. Not to mention the fact that there is quite a bit of Overwatch news. Do tell. <clears throat> well, let me uh, bring up my little noty notes on this guy. Okay, so oh, where to begin? There is an absolute ton. I suppose the biggest thing for us to talk about is um, that Blizzard has announced that its newest hero is being added to uh -huh. Overwatch. We just got one. That's right. Uh, her name is Ash, um, who was heavily featured during the McCree animated short highlighting or highlighted at BlizzCon. Oh, so there's a, there's a McCree animated short. Well, it's it's 
McCree is in the short. I mean, uh, like, like he's predominantly featured in there, but also Ash is in there as well. Um, and I thought that we could watch it here in just a minute, but I thought I'd go over her abilities first. So she has what's called the Viper. And uh, I'll just read the description here. It says, Ash's semi-automatic rifle fires quick shots, or she can use her aim down sights for a more damaging precise shot. She has dynamite. Uh... As she uh, throw, you know, she can throw an explosive that detonates after a short delay, or you can have it explode immediately when you shoot it. So if you throw it and you sh and you and you shoot it in your crosshairs, you can actually cause it to detonate before like the the, the countdown timer, so to speak, reaches zero. The explosion from dynamite also lights enemies on fire, dealing damage over time. Now yeah, she also they're bringing the fire thing in there. They are yeah. indeed, and uh, they have an, um, another ability here called Coach Gun. Ash blasts enemies in front of her, knocking them away and propelling herself backward for added mobility. So it's almost like it's kind of a cousin of what Brigitte does, where like you know she's able to like hit people back, or even like with Farah, how like she has the, the concussive rocket that kind of blasts them away. This is, seems to be a little more controlled, though, and it also knocks her back, which could be pretty nice. Like, if you have, like, say, a, a Roadhog coming at you and, and he's going to use his hook, you know, if you activate that quick enough, it can all work out. Now, her ultimate is interesting. She has this robot called Bob, and it actually stands for something. I'm not sure if I have it written down here or not. I don't think I do, but it's B-O-B. Um, and uh, she, she can summon... Uh, her trusted sidekick who charges forward and knocks enemies into the air, then lays down suppressing fire with his arm cannons. And you'll be able to see some of that in the the trailer itself. But um, it's pretty, I mean, when you think about like the ultimates, it's, I don't think any other character has some kind of support character that comes in and helps out. So I mean, it's, it's a pretty original idea, I think. Are you ready to check it out? No, I'm not. No, no, no. Are yeah, you okay, sure? Yeah, okay, no, we, yeah. I'll no, wait I, here. We will all wait for yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm good. school diner yeah it's route 66 uh-huh look at that it's like a tasty i think it's an apple pie Love all the camera angles.
trouble! Jesse McCree. Been a while. You promised you'd write. Well, Ash. I've been kind of busy. We're pretty busy ourselves. So it's awful convenient you showing up today. Yeah. You never been one to shy away from a good tip. Hey, we worked hard for this score. You'd best move on now. <laughs> All I want is that crate. Everything else is yours. This crate? Huh. Bob. Well, well. Now you got my attention. What is it? That's none of your business. As I see it, now it's very much our business. <sighs> Doesn't always have to be this way, Ash. <laughs> Apparently, it does. <laughs> see this oil sweat dripping down? <laughs> I didn't see it. Got himself some upgrades. about that, Bob. 
No hard feelings. McCree! Hey! Untie me, McCree! <laughs> Say hi to the gang for me. I'm a lightning I'm a rebuilt bop! And I'm gonna have him rip off your other arm! Cowboy. Welcome back, partner. Hmm. That's Athena. How long have I been gone? Far too long. What happened? <laughs> well, that's a story for another time. But I got a call. We're getting the band back together. They want me. But really, they need you. Jesse, wait. What are you going to do? <laughs> I've got some business to attend to. Out of the monkey for me. Monkey? <laughs> Scientist. Whatever. What do you think? Well, that looks like a three and one -er. Three and one -er? Yeah. I mean, you have Ash, you have McCree. McCree hasn't had a, a short yet. And he's like, he's predominantly in that. I mean, he, he's, that's more him than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But it's not really an origin story. It's just kind of him doing his thing. Right. So you, then you have Ash, who's, you know, you were saying the new character and don't really see really all of her abilities. You see Bob. But then you see him bringing out the computer figure and I believe that voice is for Athena, which is the, the person who, like, if you go to Gibraltar, for example, she goes, now entering Gibraltar. Oh, I, I see who you're talking about. Well, um, so Jeff Kaplan was at BlizzCon, and he, no he did mention um, that this particular character's name is called Echo. Hmm, okay. And so... Um, even though they were wanting to push Ash as like the, the, she's the newest uh, character to the roster, he did seem to strongly suggest that Echo was an upcoming new character, but that they still have a ways to go in terms of tweaking her gameplay and that sort of thing. But I, I mean, I thought both of those characters looked really cool. I think Ash is a great addition. It's cool to have kind of a female not quite a cowgirl. Yeah. You know, she's kind of more of like more of a biker kind of a chick in a way has some of like she looks cowboy like a, cowgirl sensibilities in there, but it's like a female bad sheriff kind of sort of cause she had that, that biker vest on. Um, but anyway, love the, the, the voice that she had. And, um, I'm very curious to see just how, um, the, the, the gameplay mechanics work with her. 
And for those of you listening, you can actually go on to um, like YouTube or IGN or wherever, and they have um, gameplay footage of her mm. going about doing her thing. I didn't want to play it on here just because we can't see it. And at least with with the, the cinematics, it's more story driven. So you can actually kind of pick up the pieces as to like, you know, what's going on, that sort of thing. Plus, it's just fun. The type of um, audio mastering that the the folks over at Blizzard Entertainment are capable of. I mean, even if you can't see it, or maybe you, you've already watched it, and now you're driving in your car or you're listening to it on your phone or whatever, and you're just doing your thing, it'll bring back memories of of when you saw it. I mean, it's it's such a treat to be able to listen to all the little nuances and stuff. So, but you're you're excited though about for the character. I am. I am just a little confused with the echo care. You know, in the uh, if you watch the beginning of the game, when Winston is telling y'all, "This is we have to do something," sort of thing, and right. you see all those still images. One of the, one of them is with the entire like, good side, I guess, with the crew. I mean, with, with uh, Soldier seventy six and and Winston and and you know Mercy and whatever. And the kind of the the um, the, the background of the picture part of the, the gang who was standing up looks like that robot character. And when you're in the, uh, what's the, what's the arena called where it's, um, I want to say it's, it's Farrah's map. Um, oh man, what is it? It's Which like one? In the desert. Uh man, I haven't played the game in a while, so now I'm starting to get a little rusty myself. There's, there's objective A and there's objective B. Yeah. And um, I forgot what it's called. But one of the areas, one of the little nook rooms that you can go into has helmets that look like her helmet. And I always thought that that was, that was uh, Athena. So I don't know. Maybe it was an echo all the time and I was thinking it was somebody else. Hmm. I have no idea. That's a, that's a little detail worth looking into there, Steve. Exactly. So let's see here. Uh, so in addition to that, um, just sticking with the whole Overwatch uh, announcements, so some more uh, stuff on Lego that I am very interested in. I know you're too cool for school when it comes to Lego. That's right. Uh, the first Lego Overwatch set has been revealed and is available in the form of Bastion. Just go to the Blizzard store to purchase this limited edition item. What's interesting is that they have um, a second version of Bastion that is part of the upcoming part. But it's, So they just kind of kick this first version out just so they, I guess they have something in the store. But I got some more information regarding the minifigures, the little Lego minifigures that you can get. They are, and this is just the, the first batch, Tracer... Hanzo, Genji, Soldier 76, Winston, McCree, Reaper, Widowmaker, Diva, Reinhardt, Farah, and Mercy. Uh, so you have 12 characters that round out that first batch. I mean, that's not too bad when you think of like, I mean, how many characters do they have now? Is it like between 16 to 20 characters? More? Uh, yeah, I think it's I think at least 20. Yeah, I'd have to look at it. But, I mean, that's a healthy amount of, of characters 24. that they're coming out with. Um, also, in addition to the minifigures, certain recognizable environment pr um, props from the game's levels are also coming soon, such as the payload, the launching pad and shuttle from the Watch uh, Point Gibraltar map, and portions of buildings from the Dorado map. So the, there's certainly... Um, 
kind of starting in earnest here with, with different things. I would like to see possibly like, like what other types of um, like maybe like stages or levels. Like maybe if there was more, a more fleshed out version of Watchpoint Gibraltar or any of the other levels that they've made simply because those are also super cool. And it'd be fun to just, you know, geek out and put, put the minifigures in little poses and stuff and, do what Lego always encourages us to do, which is just to be creative with the whole thing. So, currently twenty-eight playable hero characters. Perfect. Well, there you go. I mean, they could have the the second batch come out with another twelve characters, and they'd still have characters left over for uh, a third batch. <laughs> now, this next one, Steve, I think it's going to tickle your fancy. <laughs> There is now uh, an Overwatch cereal. Have you heard of this? I roll. No, I haven't heard of it. Overwatch's Lucio O's. <laughs> it's a cereal that is finally official. There's a quote here. It says, Overwatch never tasted so good, uh, which Blizzard tweeted and uh, confirmed that the cereal is in fact real and on the way. Another quote here, get into the daily groove and boost your breakfast with Lucio's. I don't know about you, Steve, but I'm going to buy one of these and you and I are going to sit down and we are going to need to taste this. Maybe we can record ourselves having our reaction to it. Tastes like Cheerios with a bunch of sugar. According to IGN, the cereal started as an in-game Overwatch joke as a spray for the support character Lucio. It wasn't long before Overwatch fans decided they wanted a real-life version of the serial, and several online petitions for Blizzard to create one were started. Are they going to be gluten-free? I have no idea. Okay. it's a good question, Steve. But um, I believe they have partnered with Kellogg. Oh. And just last month... Uh, bringing out the big guns. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, apparently last month it appeared likely that Blizzard would give its fans what they wanted when an online listing for a Kellogg's Lucio's cereal. Uh, the details from that listing appear to have largely been accurate. Lucio's, I'm sorry, Lucio O's will indeed have a, quote, sonic vanilla flavor and include an Overwatch loot boost. We're going to try it, Steve. I'm going to... Buy some of those, and we're going to give it a little tasty taste. Did you say Sonic Vanilla? That's what it says here. I wonder how much more. That is a direct quote. Uh, Sonic Vanilla, Steve. And I saw a picture of the cereal. You could look at it after this podcast recording. It has kind of a green and yellow look to the cereal. Mm, Plenty of food coloring. Mm -hmm. Good for the body. Good for the mind. Good for the soul. So that kind of wraps up the Overwatch segment of BlizzCon. So the next thing that they had revealed was Warcraft 3 Reforged. I know I was a huge fan of Warcraft 3. Did you ever play Warcraft 3? No. I installed it on my laptop, and my laptop was too sucky to really play it very well. (laughs) And so, and I didn't, I, I don't know. That's yeah. No. Do you remember the opening cinematic though? <gasps> no. It was the one where you had that awesome narrator. He's like, we didn't pay any attention to the old prophecy. I thought that was Warcraft two. Nope. That was Warcraft three. Are you sure? I'm very sure. I'm 
positive because I played the crapola out of that game. And that was the opening cinematic oh, for it. It was, it had the, okay, then I did play that it one. It had the night fighting the orc in the, the right. field and it was all yeah. thunderstorm yeah. rainy. Yeah. And yeah. Well, Steve, so in this uh, remastered version of the game, they have remastered everything, not only in the game, but they actually went back through the cinematics <laughs> and remaster those. And I have it right here for us to listen to slash wolf for us. We can watch it, but uh, I'm telling you, <laughs> everybody else has to use their imagination. That's right. Uh, but I hope you can remember like, like, that cinematic for its time. I mean, that came out like good. right around 2002, 2003, mm. right around there. Yeah. For its time, I mean, it was just cutting edge. But then looking at it, you know, I, I I think I looked at it probably like a year ago and I was like, yeah, it's starting to show its age a little bit. I'm here to tell you, watching this remastered version, man, like you could see all kinds of fun details. Let's check it out. We never paid any heed to the ancient prophecies. Like fools, we clung to the old hatreds. And fought as we had for generations. destruction for the reign of chaos has come at last coming in 2019 I remember playing that and then it was like time for dinner or something I'm like yeah i just want to see what happens here and like two <laughs> hours later dinner's in the fridge and i'm still playing warcraft do you, do you remember that intro video though yeah i do russell man i would definitely encourage you to go check out the original version because there is a very significant update to the, yeah the, i remember the, the orc didn't have like his uh his helmet on and the first one, yeah. I remember him having something. The fire coming down from the sky looks different. The mm -hmm. final enemy looks different. I mean, that blade of grass that had the, the water on it. I mean, that was way more detailed than, than the first one. 
So anyway, big fan of that. I'm not sure if I'm going to end up getting it or not. You um, won't, Russ. I, I mean, like, I'll buy some remaster versions of games here and there, but I just feel like... I mean, I played that game so much. I made it through all the stories and stuff. I just, I don't know for me personally, like if, if um, I need that in my life or not. We'll just have to wait and see. But I definitely can say that I appreciate, like when they, when Blizzard does a remastered version of a game, I mean, I, I love how they just, they literally leave nothing uh, as, as the old version at all. So I remember when I transitioned from StarCraft to to Warcraft 3 <laughs> and and in Starcraft 2 you can have much bigger armies that you could just rain down right do havoc upon the the enemy and then in Warcraft 3 I'm like you can only select like eight you know characters or whatever the armies are much smaller but the battles ended up being just as epic if not of you know more epic in Warcraft 3 yeah, the Warcraft 3, well, and, and see, the, the key difference between StarCraft 2 and Warcraft 3, StarCraft 2 was, um, oh, no, are you, are you talking about StarCraft 2? or No, you're talking about just StarCraft. Am I? That's yeah, because StarCraft was out, and then WarCraft 3 came out, and then StarCraft 2 came out after WarCraft 3. My mistake. <laughs> the reason why I say that is because the original StarCraft was pixel-based. And that was a big change up when you went to Warcraft three, because that was polygonal based. It was still the isometric top down view, but that was like the big kind of deal was like, Oh wow. Blizzard's now making the transition from 2d to 3d when it comes to the real time strategy. So let us take a look at the next one here, which I have in my notes is Hearthstone. And uh, there's just a, a metric ton of this stuff. I believe this time last year, we're, no, I think it was more in December, but we looked at another Hearthstone video. That's right. You are very much correct, good sir. And if you recall, it had a funny song with it. Remember that? I do. I don't, of course, I don't remember what the, uh, the lyrics were exactly. But uh, these are the same uh, good folks who came up with this, this latest version. It has a song as well. It, the song is not as humorous as the, the first. That, that first one was just, <laughs> was just awesome. But anyway, this, it was um, the trailer for the, the next one, which um, is, oh, what is it? Rastakhan's Rumbles, what it's called. To buy air, rain and fire The only things a real troll desire Push to smash and to mash and to bash And maybe mango Here in Stranglethorne you'll be warned My lord's gonna trash ya Say your prayers with Guru Basi Basi Time for fun we're gonna run ya It's only once a generation One victor wins the confrontation Standing here, got no fear I'm the best in the arena Man, you never seen a hero Cut you down to zero Victory is no talk if like you don't Croak It's a star, it's our star is Strangle 
So is it like Clash Royale or something? It looks like they're in an arena and... I, I really don't have very much information on it. I just watched the, the trailer itself. But, um, I mean, Hearthstone is, of course, that card game. I, and I'm not sure if this is just uh, an expansion pack to that or if it's something else entirely. But, um, I've, you know, I actually um, installed that game on my phone. I keep forgetting I have it. I need to give it a try. Actually, I think you should give it a try too, especially with the amount of, of mobile games that you play. I think you might get a kick out of that. Well, with the amount of mobile games that you don't play, I'm surprised that uh, you don't <laughs> start this one up, Russ. Yeah, add this one to my repertoire of daily mobile games that I play. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to see what you think there, Steve. Don't, don't, play, don't play foots me with <laughs> All right, so the next title that they also showed was Diablo Immortal, which is a new game coming to mobile devices. Speaking of mobile devices, Blizzard has announced a new action RPG Diablo game, um, and it's apparently a massively multiplayer spinoff, and will allow a number of players to fight together with six familiar classes, but you have Barbarian, Monk, Wizard, Crusader, Demon Hunter, and my favorite, personally, Necromancer. Uh, Diablo Immortal takes place after the events of Diablo 2, Lord of, of Destruction, and before Diablo 3, introducing new abilities, new zones, new enemies, and new dungeons to the, the Diablo universe. Apparently, you can re, uh, pre-register to be involved in the beta tests and receive exclusive in-game rewards by visiting the official site of Diablo Immortal, which is probably, there's, I'm sure even if you go to Blizzard's uh, website, they probably have some sort of link for it. But anywho, um, that's not all, Steve. There's a whole lot more here we're going to be cooking up. The next one that they were talking about is World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. And neither one of us have played the title as far as I know. I know I haven't played it. Have you? Have you played any World of Warcraft, Steve? Russ, did you were you listening when I said that a crappy computer? Steve, World of Warcraft has been around for a very long time. Yeah. I know that you have uh -huh. bought uh -huh. a brand not a brand new, a newer laptop since <laughs> World of Warcraft came out. Wait, World of Warcraft barely came runs. out and like well, when did that came out? It came out in the early two thousands. No, I think it came out later than that. Uh, like the online World of Warcraft that everybody's been playing. I think it came out right around 2003, 2004, Steve. And that may not even be an accurate assessment. You'll have to Google it. Go ahead and Google. When did yeah, you know, I don't know. While you're doing that, I'm going to queue up the trailer for World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. That's the last of the soldiers. We'll be calling up farmers next. When this war began, I thought we were fighting for peace. But we're just fighting. You're doing all you can to stop her, Your Majesty.
At Lordaeron, you had the chance to take my life. Maybe even end the war. Why didn't you kill me? I spared you because I believed you have honor. Was I wrong? Do you want more innocents to suffer? The Horde- I have given everything for the Horde! Blood for it, kill for it, and Sylvanas is destroying it! She will destroy everything. What I want! Sarafang, tell me why you spared my life. I hoped you would stop her. I can't. So even though I've never played the game, this goes back to what we've talked about several times on Joygasm, which is just Blizzard absolutely knows how to tell a story. And even though I haven't played the game, I, I'm completely immersed as to just what's going on within, well, what was that, like a, a three-minute trailer? I mean, just, just, it's just crazy to see, like, not only the production values of these trailers, but also just the ability to just really pull you in and you make you care about the characters, make you want to know more. Do you have the same kind of... Yeah, I do, Russ. Well, tell me more about Steve. Well, it makes me wonder why a few years back they released this kind of CG, full motion, uh, real life Warcraft movie. Uh, with like regular actors in it, which wasn't like terrible, but their animated stuff like this is so far beyond what that right. was. It makes me wonder why don't they just bring out a fully fledged hour and a half movie just like that? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I have the exact same thought. Like, I would love it if they were to just create an hour and a half to two hour long movie that had the same type of graphic style and approach that they, that they, and they incorporate with all of these different types of cinematics completely 100% agree. Like just, can you imagine like, yeah, it'd be a riveting time the entire time we're in the theater. And I, I'm sure we would probably see it multiple times in the right. theater. And that's one of the things I don't understand. Like for instance, like 
Okay, to be fair, I never saw... Did you see the the movie, the live action with the CG stuff that came out a couple of years ago? Yeah. And you said it was not good. It, it, it's definitely passable. It's not hor- It's not like the worst movie I've ever seen. I've ever seen. You know, it, it's, I, it's a like a B movie or a C movie. Okay. You know, it, it, it's got some comedic elements, but it's nothing like no one's ever seen before. I'm just surprised they would put money towards that because it's such a gamble when you when you're putting that much CG with regular live action. Right. It, you don't know really how it's going to turn out or how the audience is going to like it. It's a real gamble, but if you know that if you make it CG, you could have every expression, every detail that you like the, the director has in his mind, he can display on the screen. Right. And so you're not hoping the actors are get it or they're looking at somebody in a green suit with, you know, 24 cameras over their face, you know, <laughs> and trying to be serious. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I, I would, I would say the money towards all CG and just go with it. Yeah. I mean, Square did it with Final Fantasy. They had two movies. And honestly, I really like that movie. I felt as though the story was a little too abstract. Right. But in terms of like the technical achievement of the film and just again, just the, the arresting visuals, I was I was floored the entire time. I loved watching that. I just think that one of the the components that could have been better was the story itself. But right. I I mean Blizzard has never had a problem with telling a story. They they're known in fact for telling terrific stories, even if they're five minute shorts. Exactly. I mean I think that that regardless of if it was for say. Uh, Overwatch, or if it was for Warcraft or Starcraft, whichever one, I mean, do all of them um, as separate films. But yeah, I'm just, every time it is such a treat to be able to see just what what this team has to put forth. Because especially like BlizzCon, for instance, this is their conference to be able to bring out all the the bells and whistles and be able to show off just what's coming up and what's going to be released during the week and that sort of thing. And so, their Cinemax division has, you can tell, I mean, they're just working overtime on all these different types of videos and they've probably hired out to various studios like blur and that sort of thing to be able to, to create some of this as well. But I just, I can't get enough of it. I, th- I think it's, it is just so cool to be able to see it. And it makes me wish that like I could be on one of those teams and just be able to contribute to the creative process. Honestly, the biggest treat if I was in a situation like that would just be able to learn from some of the other artists, different types of techniques as well. I mean, you must just be absolutely on cloud nine being in an environment like that. And I'm sure you probably have a tremendous amount of pressure placed on yourself as well. Now, the final trailer I wanted to show you, Steve is from heroes of the storm. This is another, another game that we have not tried out yet. Um, but I mean, I, I know it has a huge fan following for apparently, uh, heroes of the storm got its very first Nexus hero called Orphea. Orphea is the first hero in the long running crossover MMO to be completely new, not from any previous blizzard franchise. If you recall in heroes of the storm, typically what they'll do is they'll have kind of like this, like mashup of characters fighting each other. So you'll have Overwatch characters fighting Diablo characters, fighting Warcraft characters, fighting Star... And basically every Blizzard IP that they have, they'll pull key characters from. And this is the first time that they actually created uh, their very first original character for the game. (sighs) 
You have finally returned home. Home? You destroyed my home. Slaughtered innocents. Left peaceful realms in ruins. You broke your promise. I will not be questioned. Return to the tower at once. Fine. One of the things I love about that particular trailer is if you notice they incorporated different types of animation styles and it worked. That's just true, bro. Very cool indeed. Makes me think of the song Riders of the Storm. What is Riders? Have I heard that song? Riders of the Storm. Bang, 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 bang. To the slaughter Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I believe, that, I believe that was The Doors. Am I wrong? Yeah. I have no idea. You better... Uh, Hold well, on. Hey. You know better than I. How about that? Who sang Riders of the Storm? Oh, she's not going to know. She's thinking. Oh, useless. Storm is by the doors. By the doors. Thank you very much. It took her a few minutes, but yet she got it. Way to go, Siri. You're a uh, success. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> special, all right. Uh, so the final little tidbit I wanted to share with you, Steve, is that Destiny Two, Destiny Dose, is uh, free. For PC players. So I know you don't have a, a really a gaming rig for your PC, but Bungie announced that PC players can get the Destiny PC player 2 uh, for free this month on Battle.net. Uh, Destiny 2 is a free gift from today until November 18th, and anyone who redeems it during that period will get to keep it forever. So there you go. If you are interested in wanting to give Destiny 2... A little, you know, pun intended, shot. 
you can do so. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm here to tell you that uh, it's kind of a hit and miss kind of a game. Or, you know, at least in, anyway, the DLC stuff that came out recently, the Forsaken stuff, that one's actually pretty good. The other stuff, eh. well, well yeah, free is free. Man, free 99, can't beat it. But, um, you know, my, uh, see how much it is on Black Friday there, bro. Black, well, if it's free, it's, I mean, Ain't gonna cost well, any less than free there, Steve. Ain't gonna cost any less than free, Rudd. But uh, it's gonna cost my the death of my laptop, <laughs> and uh, it ain't free now, is it? That's a very good point, Steve. Very astute of you. All right, well, we're gonna uh, get into our good old-fashioned topic of the day. You know, I care about my hearing, Ross. I don't know if you're aware of that. I will have you know that I actually turned down your headphones considerably. Yeah, now that I took them off so I could uh, actually <laughs> avoid the ringing in my noggin. <laughs> it's just a, a way to be able to get you pumped and excited about whatever kind of topic of the day it is. In this case... Our topic of the day is Red Dead Redemption 2 Impressions. I have been looking forward to being able to talk to you about this for, well, about a week now, Steve. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> <laughs> so some fun little tidbits before we actually jump in here. Red Dead Redemption 2 had the largest opening weekend of any entertainment property. That's both movies and games Good. in history. My goodness. The three-day weekend earned $725 million. Go, Rockstar, go. It's the second highest entertainment launch, but it's not going to upset them too much, Steve. I'll tell you why. GTA V holds the record. I knew it. Uh, you know, in terms of the uh, top spots. So now uh, Rockstar has both the number one and number two spots. That is pretty phenomenal. Good yeah. job, Rockstar. My goodness. And all the GTA 5 money went, you know, from them all releasing the DLC and whatever yeah. and whatnot, went to this game and it shows. It's really something to be commended on, especially when you think about how RDR2 was in eight years of development. That's R- a long time for a game. R2-D2 has been around a while, Russ. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, from one galaxy to the other. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. You were saying something? But it makes, I mean, to me, it's it's really cool how much support they've given GTA 5 in terms of the online feature. Like, I mean, they've, to my understanding, have dropped a ton of content. And GTA 5 came out in 2013? 2014? Uh, I think it was 13. So it's been out probably for about five years, yeah. give or take, yeah. right around there. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, just uh, it is insane. I would love to be on a game project that had like some sort of eight year life cycle. Man, talk about some job security. Most of the time, games <laughs> only have about two years of development before they get kicked out. And some of the ones that have a bit more time usually take about four years. And so, I mean, eight years and man let's let's just get into it steve let's just go into it right now sure right 
So I want to hear from you, Steve. What is your what's your high level impression of the game so far? It's a place I want to be, Russ. It's a place I want to return to. Which for a game, that's exactly what you want, in my opinion. You want to, you want to you want to unplug from the world and plug into where you relax and where you have fun and where you can forget about your your stresses. Absolutely, concerns, you know what I mean. And so, I you know I. You asked me that question, but I, there's something I have to say, Russ, which was when you get the game and you load it up on your system and everyone's excited, you're excited, I'm excited. Are you excited? Because I'm excited. <laughs> you better get excited. Yeah. You're not as excited as I'm. <laughs> anyway, you got yours loaded before me. Correct. And you go, and now it begins. I'm like, <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then mine was like, you know, about 13% away from being done. And I, I started it up and then I, th- I, I had this moment when I saw the Rockstar logo. I thought, here we go. I'm looking forward to this. And, you know, then, then the two slugs get, you know, oh, in yeah. there. <laughs> the whole thing. Oh, man. And the music starts to play with that picture. I think, I mean, from opening, from opening. Opening, yeah. Ah, oh, good grief! And then when the, the the game loads and it's showing you these old pictures that you would expect to see, like if you went into some saloon or something. Sure, you know, and kind I, of the the process of how you would develop a, a picture back in the day, kind of the Ansel Adams approach. Yeah, yeah, and it does take a little bit to load, but we had just spoken about how long uh, Soul Calibur Six took to, to load, and how sure. we're just looking at a black screen. Then I see this, and I forget about the loading times. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, it looks so cool, it looks beautiful, man. Dude, this is like, this is a movie that you're playing. And this is top notch yeah. acting, like the the talent that they have through and through. I I mean it it's, I when I said I'm taking my time, I'm like hardly even pushing my horse to run. Like, yeah, I'm going slow, mm-hmm. really slow. Yeah, yeah, I. I'm right there with you, 100. percent I think that this is a new milestone in the gaming experience, and I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm not very far at all. I'm still in chapter two. Are you in chapter two? I'm still in chapter two. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how many chapters there are, but I have friends who are already on chapter four. Um, but such a monumental achievement in game development. It's, it's just crazy how fully realized this game is. And I, you know, I've talked to several friends who are also playing the game. They echo our, our sentiment exactly. And it's just, it's crazy. You're, I'm almost at a loss for words as to how to accurately describe it. But I know how to describe it. Early on, when they were releasing concept footage of it, mm-hmm. it looks pretty darn close to the concept footage. It does. I mean, I I, I can go ahead and say it outright. This is game of the year, easily. Uh, and and that's, you know, that's not to say that that this year hasn't had a lot of other like just terrific games because this year has been a phenomenal year in terms of games that have come out for the three systems, and. But I mean, I gotta say, just having said that, like looking at this particular game, it, I, <laughs> like I said, I'm only on chapter two, and already I can tell. I'm like, oh yeah, like like this is it. This this gets my vote as game of the year. 
Unless there's some other game that kind of flies under the radar and all of a sudden like pops up, which I don't think is going to happen. I mean, it, it, it is, it introduces a new level of expectation. In fact, the first thing I want to talk about is the realism in the game. Oh, easily. What's crazy about this game is um, it made me realize how conditioned I am as a gamer when it comes to interacting with my environment and interacting with NPCs, because traditionally speaking in gaming, like if you're, if you're walking through an environment or you're trying to get from point A to point B or whatever, you'll, you'll kind of bump into the environment or you'll bump into NPCs, whatever. Nothing happens. I mean, you're, it's, you're literally trying to make your way to like, I don't know, buy something at the store or, you have to talk to somebody or whatever and there, and you just don't think about it. And largely it has to do with the fact that like older games just didn't have the memory capacity or the processing power or just, you know, the, the space on the disc or whatever it is to really be able to explore that. And for the very first time playing red dead redemption two, they have actually introduced consequences for doing those types of things like case in point i'm riding my horse into valentine which this is not a spoiler at all because it's the first town that you come to and i'm just it's the first time i I ride my horse in and i'm doing what i always do you know i'm just trying to get through and i figured oh like you know in the past like like npcs will just kind of run out of the way or i'll if i if i bump into them or whatever nothing happens so i'm not even running full tilt i'm like trotting along and i bump um, this guy, you know, he, he had his back to me and I think nothing of it. Well, he chases after me and he's pissed mm-hmm. and he shoves me off my horse as I'm still riding it. And we go to fisticuffs in the mud and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, what the heck? And I realized this was the dude that I bumped my horse. And of course, like in real life, Dude, if that would have happened to a person, they'd be really mad. Like, like <laughs> to, you know, because especially like it wasn't just a horse that was walking slowly. I mean, it was it was trotting along, so you know you, you might get knocked over. So you had something like that happen. I mean, another instance was that I went through Valentine, and um, as I was going, I was going actually kind of at a jog with the horse to try and, and um, drop off a, a I don't know some some dude that the sheriff wanted or whatever. Well, there's like, sometimes you'll see like a dog or like a stray dog or something that kind of um, hangs out around the town. And this particular dog was running over and barking at at the horse and myself as we were coming in. Again, I didn't pay any mind to it. I thought, oh, it's just kind of like this background fodder kind of stuff. I end up trampling the dog. I killed the dog. <laughs> Nice, Russ. And the animation, it wasn't just, you you know how like like background assets, they tend to have kind of like crappy animations. Like they put a little bit in there to give it, like to kind of break up the static nature. But ultimately, if you look at it, you're like, yeah, it doesn't look that good. (laughs) It looked awful. In a, in, you know, I'm saying this as a compliment, right, right, right. But I mean, just, I felt. (laughs) It looked terrible. Yeah. I mean that in the best possible way. (laughs) I felt awful. Um, when I, when I watched as this dog got caught up in the, the horse's hooves and got trampled, I mean, you, you could feel the dog's bones snapping. Oh, I mean, it was just man. awful. And on top of that, then all the people who, who live in the town of Valentine got upset at me. 
And I, you know, for the, for the, the longest time I was having to deal with the repercussions of that because they had all witnessed me um, accidentally kill this dog. So again, these are just a couple examples of what I'm talking about that occurs on a much larger stage here where you have this, this idea of consequence that any kind of action that you do will have some level of reaction to it and you'll have a gravity of consequence. And it's not just, you know, riding on a horse, but also like the, the decisions that you make as well as like even as it, as it applies to the environment. I mean, the environment will also have consequences depending on what it is that you're doing and that sort of thing. But um, I think that that's one of the, the strongest aspects to the game is the realism from that standpoint. What are your thoughts? I'd have to concur, but and, and you're, you know what? I'm probably going to take some flack for this, but um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to mention it. So, as long as there's no spoilers, we don't want to like have. Like, this is not going. Well, this has nothing to do with the story. Okay, it's part part to do with the realism. Right? Okay. Oh, no. So the the horse by itself, like the animations, because you always like were ripping on the Witcher because the Witcher only had like two animations for like walking and running, and that's about it. I didn't mind those animations. The one animation that drove me nuts was the horse's tail. Right. Yeah. Was like going sideways. I'm like, what the heck is like? Yeah. Everything else looked fine. So. The horse by itself has a ton of different animations to it where like, okay, it flicks its ears. Yeah. You know, sometimes it, it shakes its mane. Right. And growing up with animals, barnyard animals like you and I did. You were born in a barn. I was, I was born in a trough. Yeah. Um, you were not baby <laughs> Jesus either. So, <laughs> you know, it could be a messy, dusty place. Sure. And little things that they do were like, if your horse gets dirty and you pet your horse, you could see this little dust little, cloud yeah. that comes over your horse. A little dust plume. Or even like, and this is, and this is what I'm saying. They, they, they show the horse take going to the bathroom. Uh-huh. And at first you're thinking, oh, why would they put that in the game? Dude, if you're around horses, cows, a lot of animals, they don't care. They're just going to go. That's they, just how it is. That's how it is that they just go. And yeah. you have just something you have to get used to. And that's the life. Right. And that, and the way they do it in the game, they don't make it a spectacle. They don't no. make it like a practical joke, a practical either. joke. They just like, yep, the horse has got to go. This is what would have happened. Yeah, and that's, I, I don't know. So stuff like that goes a really long way. I will tell you what, um, also with the sound, I'm pro you'll probably mention it a little bit later on. Yeah. But, we'll get an audio in a bit, but I, <laughs> So my mind, I'm going to say it right now, Ross. ADD. <laughs> I had to do this when I was walking over the, the train tracks. Uh-huh. So you're first, I first walked on the grass, then I walked in the gravel, then I walked on the train track itself, and then back on the gravel. Separate sounds for each of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've really done their homework. Uh, again, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but when it comes to like the, just the, the realism side of things, I have actually seen some people complain online about it being too real. And I think that there is a bit of a separation between certain gamers where you have gamers that want that instant gratification. They just want to go in. They want to not have to think about as, as much stuff. But then you have other gamers who really have been searching for a while now for a game that actually is 
more intelligently designed in its approach, really, to, to the gaming experience. So, like, like for instance, like, you want a cup of coffee? Well, you got to make the coffee in the right. game. You know, you can't just drink the coffee and that's it. The same thing applies to when you have food and that sort of thing. Like, you've got to kill the animal, then you have to skin the animal, then you have to make a fire and cook the meat itself before you eat it. I mean, it, again, there is a... a a certain population of the gamers that really do appreciate the the thought process that that has been implemented in. And really it plays nicely into this world that, I mean, this took place in the, the, what was the late 1800s? It was right before it was about to hit uh, 1900. And it's, it's amazing. Like how, I mean, you really had to know how to survive in that world back then. I mean, I think about today's world of convenience where, like, if I want to eat something, I just walk down to the store, I buy it, and I eat it and whatever without any kind of care in the world. I mean, back in the day, like, if you felt like you wanted to have chicken, you had to find a chicken, you had to kill the chicken, you had to pluck the chicken, and then you had to cook the chicken, meat itself. I mean, the, the whole process was there for you to do. It wasn't like you could go down to your local grocery store where everything was done for you. And it, they even heated it up for you. You could just take it home and start eating it like a rotisserie chicken or something. So a lot of that really, to, in my opinion, it adds a lot to the world in terms of just immersing me in it and just really right. feeling like a cowboy. You really feel it from the get go too. Uh, walking in the snow with the very, like totally very beginning of the game. I mean, I've, I've seen some people online complain about the HDR, how it's not done right. And though I'm no expert, that's the best HDR I've seen so far. And you're not even playing on an Xbox One X. Right. You're playing on... It's interesting because your setup currently is you have a regular Xbox One and you have a 4K TV. So you do get a bump in the graphics, but it's not at the full maximum tilt. And of course, with me, I don't know if either. <laughs> I got just an Xbox One. Uh, but I'm still just absolutely blown away by it. But yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the snow. So like when you, when you first start the game, you are in the snow. I, from a, from a creative storytelling standpoint, that is a brilliant move because we live in a world currently where it's very technologically advanced. We have all kinds of different things that enrich our lives and we live a very comfortable lifestyle. And I think it's sometimes hard for people to be able to understand just what kind of lifestyle that it was it was to to be a cowboy to be an outlaw or just to be someone like a miner or whatever it is a blacksmith back in the day from a visual standpoint it was absolutely brilliant of rockstar to start the game out in a blizzard because essentially what it's doing visually speaking is it's wiping the slate clean it's literally creating a blank canvas to start the story <laughs> and to start the game. And that is fantastic, especially as you move along and you eventually get to see other vistas that are, you know, not during the winter time, you're not in the snow, that sort of thing. And they, 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 they dole that out to you. That is absolutely wonderful because it just helps to just get, act as like a reset button. And for a lot of people out there, it may not even register consciously, maybe more kind of like, like a subconscious thing, but I, I just, that was the perfect way to start a game right. like this. 
you realize too when the snow is is or the blizzard's coming down and they're trudging through the snow, right? And they're getting tired. Um, and then when the blizzard stops, uh, there's certain areas that they're not trudging through the snow because the snow may have melted a bit or there's no new snow. So what snow is there is kind of receding. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Also, too, there's a time when I didn't eat anything for a long time. You have to eat in the game. You do. Yeah. So I hadn't eaten anything. Just did just slip my mind. Uh, <laughs> Well, again, <laughs> your condition as a gamer to not, to not have to worry about those, right. like, those kind of things. Yeah. You know, no one has an appetite in these games anymore. Anyway, so I hadn't eaten anything for a while, nor had I slept. And it had been like <laughs> two days in right. the game, right? And I'm like, what's wrong with my character? Because he started like... <laughs> hunching over and 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 he wasn't like he would he looked like something was wrong but you could just tell and it dawned on me i'm like i haven't eaten anything i haven't slept and he, of course he's exhausted he's kind of wobbling up. while he's yeah, standing there he's yeah. starving and he's been up walking for two days straight riding in the weather you know the snow the shine the rain whatever hunting, right hunting you know forging rivers whatever so finally i ate like a biscuit or something <laughs> like a biscuit. Yeah, some carbs. <laughs> and then I think I, I slept for seven hours. And he's like, oh, man, how you doing, Mr. So-and-so? And I'm like, yeah, okay, that, that would be that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you need is sleep and food. Okay, got it. So let's go into graphics. Um, I'm very curious to see how this game looks with all the settings maxed out. I, because what I'm seeing at my level I'm absolutely floored. I mean, one of the hardest things, um, and just from my time working in the games industry, one of the hardest things to do is to accurately replicate nature. You, you know, it's one thing if you have like a sci-fi game, like Mass Effect, for example, like you, you can realize kind of a sci-fi environment, um, or if it's a fantasy environment or whatever it is. Um, but when it comes to making something look like it's like kind of like a like that photo real version of what the frontier was like or what mother nature is like, that sort of thing, that is a very difficult thing to pull off in a way that just looks beautiful. Like, like there have been games that have tried it out in the past. I mean, it's like, yeah, there, there are certain things that I like about it, but they're ultimately I'm, I'm not blown away by. And I'm just telling you, it's like, Every time I'm like playing the game, I'm seeing some sort of amazing sunset or I'm seeing some volumetric God rays coming through the trees or the rain is completely sogging up everything. Like we talked about the snow itself is also very beautiful, even though it has that kind of monochromatic look to everything. The water, I mean, the water in the game it looks so good. And when your interactive uh, movements in the water just look like they're supposed to look, it is a, it, it, like I said, it is such a technical achievement that they have been able to produce this level of graphics fidelity with not only the environment, but of course, you know, the, the characters as well. I don't know if you've noticed this, but sometimes when you, when your characters are talking or if you position your character a certain way where the sun is behind them, you will actually see like their earlobes or their fingertips. They'll actually glow pink. Right. That has that kind of subsurface scattering on there. And again, just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I, I wonder if they created a whole new lighting system for the game. Oh, you know, they had to. Yeah. Cause that's what it's saying. I mean, they did a phenomenal job, but I, it's everywhere you look, like you were saying, there was times when 
there's dust in in the air, yeah. uh, where if it was a, a windstorm or uh, you know, I eight people had just ridden through and kicked up the dust from the ground, right. and that was kind of sp- spread out amongst the trees, but the light was casting through. Uh, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's breathtaking is what it is. Or if the, like when the sun said, did you notice how the, the mountains cast shadows? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's stuff that, I mean, you, you, I don't know if people can see it or they, they're not looking for it or what, but if you would miss it, you're missing a treat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course just, man, I mean, like looking at the train, like when the train goes by, you're like, my gosh, that looks nice. It looks, it looks like it has weight to it. It looks heavy. Uh-huh. You know, it just doesn't look like it's programmed to do, okay, this is, it's going to go and you know, whatever. It looks like it has some weight to it. Yeah. I personally cannot wait to just, well, again, I can wait, but I can't wait. I don't like, I'm, I'm like you. I do not want to just blast through the game. I want to be able to just really take my time and uh, just appreciate everything. So, um, I wanted to get your opinion on, I know you're not too far into the game, but there is a distinct difference between the first Red Dead Redemption story and uh, the current Red Dead Redemption 2 in terms of the main character. So in the first one, you play as John Marston, who used to be a part of the gang, and when you take control of him, um, he's leaving that life behind. He wants to be able to start a new life and be a good person, that sort of thing. Very different from Red Dead Redemption 2, where you play as Arthur Morgan and you are in a gang. Like, like you are a part of a, a very shady group of people. And I I want to hear your thoughts first, and then I'll tell you mine. But like just what how have you reacted to the idea that you're not playing a protagonist here? You're playing at the very best, you're playing an anti-hero. But really, I mean, it's it's supposed to be, by and large, kind of a, a villain of sorts. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got Rockstar written on it. I mean, you are you do the same thing in Grand Theft Auto. The Grand Theft Auto is more modernized. I mean, Grand, you, Grand, Grand Theft Auto, you're, you can run over anybody, shoot anybody, fight anybody, whatever. Uh, and you're doing heists and stealing stuff and whatever and whatnot. That's half the fun. Now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's all do lines of coke and stay up till four in the morning. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Actually, I really don't think there's any coke in the game, but and so, but so yeah, this seems like it's on the same line that Rockstar, uh, you know, typically does. It's kind of tombstone feeling Mm -hmm. to it, where like the the good guy, the bad guys are somewhat the good guys, but the good guys are not necessarily the bad guys in a way. The Clowries and the Erps, yeah. So, well, Erp was a sheriff. Well, yeah, the kind of the family feud going on there. So, urban his brothers. But yeah, like in the beginning of the game, uh, he says, uh, he says, uh, we're we're bad, but we're not as bad as them. Uh huh. Yeah, is that supposed to make her feel safe? Or <laughs> okay, it's definitely a conversation starter. Yeah, really. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm curious. So, <laughs> would you care to elaborate on that? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to see what happens because. It looks like they're trying to get back at the, the man and they want to live the free life, but uh, don't necessarily want to work for it, just want to steal for it. Mm. But they don't want to hurt any more people than they have to. I don't know. <laughs> Makes for a good game, I guess. But For me, it's, it's very interesting because um, just from the setup alone, 
there are things I do struggle with. Like for instance, um, well, and I don't want to give any uh, spoilers away because people haven't necessarily played this game, but there, there are opportunities to make decisions and certain decisions can be like, you can murder people or you can, uh, just verbally threaten them and then let them go essentially. And it's interesting for me because I, you know, psychologically speaking, I recognize this as a video game. This is an entertainment product, right? I'm not literally going out of my house and going and, and committing these acts. And yet at the same time, as I'm playing the game, I'm also wanting to play um, kind of truthfully, like, like how would I handle these situations? <laughs> would I kill that person? But see the hmm. problem though, and th this is where it, it's a bit different for me is that I'm not playing as a protagonist necessarily. However, I'm trying, I find myself trying to will the character to be a protagonist right. simply because I don't, it, it is not in my, my personal DNA to commit these types of acts in my life. And that is projected into the game as I'm playing this character, which typically happens. I mean, regardless of what game I'm playing, I could, you know, play Witcher three, for instance, and the decisions I make are largely based on just what my moral compass is. And so it's, it's weird because by and large, I mean, th this is not John Marston's story. This is Arthur Morgan's story. But what is a bit of a curveball is that they've also included this gauge. It's almost like a karma gauge or something that based on what kind of decisions you make, it, it will uh, slide more toward the good or, or slide more toward the bad. Almost like if you had like a, a, a devil angel and a good angel on your shoulders or something like that. I don't know how that's going to play out ultimately, um, but it definitely adds a layer of complexity to just the character I'm playing and the, and the decisions I'm making. Didn't they have the same kind of decisions in Red Dead, in the first Red Dead Redemption? Not as extreme. Like they did have decisions that you'd have to make throughout the, the course of the story, but this one is far more, it, this one's far more direct in terms of like, like you have Dutch who is basically giving you the options. You can either do this or you can do that. What do you want to do? By the way, does, does it mean or does Dutch sound like uh, Jeff Bridges? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely a little bit. Um, now let's go into audio. I know that you touched on this a little bit earlier, but um, I definitely wanted to also give kudos to the audio just because um, it looks like they have been very aggressive in applying audio tags to these different types of textures that, that your character can come in contact with. And it's just amazing the, the thoughtfulness behind that as well. And it's crazy too, how like, I mean, there are, I don't even know how many animals are in this game, but as I'm going through, I mean, there are animals for everything. <laughs> it's, <laughs> Or no, I'm sorry, not animals, but like there, there are sounds for each of these animals. Well, of course. Well, that's, I mean. I found a moose and it sounded like a sheep. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> well, so typically in a game, you don't really have, like if you, if you stop and think about it, you don't really see all that many animals. 
Like, yeah, you'll see, you know, maybe a couple different bird classes and I don't know, maybe a horse or something like that. But really, that's it. Like, this game has a complete catalog of animals. So much so that they actually even have the, I don't know, you've probably seen this, this feature because it gets introduced to you early on. But um, you have some kind of book where you identify the different species of animals. You actually can like inspect these animals as you come across them. And then they'll get added to this zoology book of sorts. But it plays into the idea that, hey, FYI, you like fish? Well, this game has 30, literally 30 species of fish. <laughs> and those fish don't make any noise <laughs> except for those splashes. So it makes me wonder, okay, I know I've already come across multiple species of deer as well as like goats and that thing, cows and Turkeys, stuff. Yeah. They all have unique sound tags associated with that particular species. So again, those are just the animals. We're not even talking about all the other things like you're talking about, like, like, the different types of surfaces you walk on or the different voices that, that people have, the, the, the background noises and whatnot. What were you going to say? The, the way the horse, the, the way the horse breathes. Oh man. I love it when like you're going super fast and you hear the, the horse really panting. Well, you don't even have to do that. I mean, it, you just walk around your horse and you hear it just breathe, which that sounds funny, but in what other game, do you walk around your horse and you hear it breathe? But if you're around your horse, they have, you know, obviously the, the nose on the horse is pretty darn big. Yeah. Um, and they breathe heavy and the thing breathes heavy and it doesn't breathe regularly um, because it's dusty and they've maybe been trotting or they're trying to blow something out of their nose. And so it's a little bit irregular, but it sounds real. Yeah. It sounds awesome. Yeah, especially if you have a, a, a decent setup in your, your place, like a 5.1 or 7.1, whatever it is that you have, it makes a lot of difference with, with a, a game like this. But um, the other day when we were twitching the game, when I had my earphones plugged into my controller and I was hearing like everything. Oh, I bet. I mean, sometimes you have to turn up the, the, the game if you have the other speakers or even playing on TV, you really have to turn it up loud to hear everything. But I had that plugged right into my ears. I heard everything, every little like rustle of a leaf or if I was running too fast and something whipped me, you know, like a branch. I mean, everything. What is your favorite aspect of the game or what is your favorite part of the game? Uh, like part of the story? Anything like what, what is your favorite part of the game so far? I'm not talking about the story necessarily. It could be story itself or it could be the graphics. It could be whatever, but just what, what has been like the, the highlight so far, the, the highest of the highlight, man, I, I would have to say that the, uh, I mean, it's kind of a mix. I want to say the lighting system, um, because it's throughout the entire game, no matter where you are. If you're in town, um, different different areas of the muddy streets are reflecting light. If you're near a creek or a riverbed, the the, the light shining through the water dancing on the rocks is, is different. If mm. it's nighttime, if it's sunset, if it's sunrise, or if there's something that's um, in the air, dust, snow, whatever... It's, it's a spectacle. 
And yeah. that and that's partly why I'm I'm going as slow as I am because I'm taking in all the scenery, which you know it's all lit up and it has different effects over wherever you are in the game. And I don't want to go too fast because I I think it's all beautiful. Yeah. What do you think of? Oh, uh, you're not gonna answer the. What, what about you? Oh well, I wasn't sure if you were interested. Question in just about me or what? Really? <gasps> I'd be more than happy to answer that. There, Steve. I think that uh, my favorite part of the game so far. I you know it, it's difficult to really put into words, but I I really my favorite part about it is I love how seamlessly integrated everything is. So it feels like it's this living, breathing world. So anytime, like, like if I'm riding my horse and I, I come across some, um, some pedestrians or, or people doing whatever it is that they're doing in the world, um, it, there, there is this kind of procedural approach to things where it just, you know, by happenstance, I, I go by someone who's doing something or needs my help with something or whatever it is. And, um, at the same time, there's also just, um, the, like, well, like we talked about before, like just the, the, the order of operations, if you will, in terms of the, the realism of the game and the, the graphics and that sort of thing. But I think overall, it's just, it's their mature approach to just what life is like or was like back in the day living as a cowboy, so to speak. I think that's that type of vibe was flirted with in the first game, but it has come to roost in this game. Like, like they have, I mean, you see why this game is over 90 gigs. I mean, it's, there's just, there's so much to this game, and we haven't even started the online component. I mean, that the online feature will be live, I think, this month. I think later this month is when they're gonna crank the servers on for that. And I don't know if I'm gonna be ready for, for that at that point in time, but I will say that I am looking forward to trying that out, just because this is a world that I am going to look forward to spending a lot of time in. And it, I mean, that's saying something considering the fact that like, you know, it is the the great outdoors and that sort of thing. But I don't know. It's like, like my favorite thing about it is that they've been able to capture the spirit of it. And I think that's something that is not an, uh, an easy thing to do. So uh, what do you think of the gameplay so far? Uh, I think it takes a little bit of getting used to. Um, I mean, Rockstar has similar play mechanics both in GTA and in Red Dead Redemption. But it seems like the camera work, uh, it takes some getting used to. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just different. It takes getting used to. Uh, the aiming I have to get used to, um, trying to get cover over something if I were in a firefight um, or if I need to look a certain angle. And I don't know. It sounds kind of random in this day and age to say that, but um, it's a little bit quirky, but it it uh, it just takes getting, some getting used to. Otherwise, um, I, some, some parts of it seemed rushed. Not the production part, but the story, like them wanting me to move <laughs> faster. And like stuff just happens. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm enjoying this. I don't want to go forward yet, you know? 
and but it but it definitely pushes you to advance and i wanted to go you know search around this you know abandoned little area that you know i found more and the game was like no you got to go i'm like well, how am i gonna remember where i am you know <laughs> i want to come back here yeah um so there, there's stuff like that like i said it's not a bad thing per se but because of who i am and what i want to do you know, it just takes a little bit of getting used to mm-hmm. um Otherwise, it's it's a tried and, and true play style that's that's worked with other Rockstar games and it works in this. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that that um, there are a lot of sensibilities that Rockstar has recycled, and that's not a bad thing at all because they've been developing this for a while now with like the GTA series, especially. So it's nice to see them continue doing what they do, and I will say that uh, it is a bit daunting in terms of, of just how many things are available to you right off the bat. Like, like they, they, they show you, especially like when you, when you hit the pause menu and you look at all these things, I will, I will say that the, the pause menu is, is a little confusing. I think that the, um, the different sections could be wordsmithed a bit better to explain what is in there. Cause I always forget like, now where do I save the game or where are my, where's my character progression or right. whatever? Like, um, However, as I get more familiar with it and it becomes more second nature, I mean, there is this growing appreciation for just the sheer amount of stuff that they have put in in terms of just taking care of yourself, taking care of your horse, taking care of your your crew, um, being able to interact with different people, the decisions you make. Even the the wheelhouse that you have to access in terms of your, your weapons versus your items versus your horse and that sort of thing, I mean... There's a lot there. Yeah, the the play mechanic or that that uh, menu brings up another question. I don't know why they did this, but there's been instances instances where I get off my horse, I need to draw my weapon, and I don't have it. I think we were actually twitching. Uh, <laughs> and you said, "Oh, you have to go back to your horse to get your weapon." And I thought, "It's in my holster on my hip. Why do I have to go back to my horse?" To access your that handgun was on you, but your rifle was not. But I couldn't access either of them. Oh, weird. So I actually had to go back to the horse, and then it, it appeared in the wheel, and then I had it. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that. I don't know. Uh, is there anything about the game that you don't like, Steve? No. No. Not a thing. Not, not I mean, maybe. Maybe some of the characters could be a bit more polished. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's stretching it a bit, but maybe. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll, I'll I will say this: um, as we you know, we're comparing both you know graphics engines and and whatever whatnot from from Rockstar GTA to this. If GTA looks that good. It's going to be nuts. Oh, it'll be bananas. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous, especially because, and you know, Rockstar has been seeing all these high def mods that people have been bringing out for the game. The game looks redonkulous. Mm -hmm. I mean, man, three or four or five years from now when that game comes out, that's going to be huge. Huge. Well, and that game will probably be released on the next gen consoles because I think the next gen consoles will probably be released around 2020. Uh, that's just my guess, but 
knowing that that RDR2 will probably have some very long legs. They'll probably be going on for about four to five years, and that's going to buy them time to be able to create GTA 6. Oh, my gosh. I don't even... It will. It's going to be crazy to see that. I, I think they'll make it for this system. I honestly do because they GTA Five was basically a high def port from like the 360 to the Xbox. Well, One. GTA Five was kind of like the final like huge game to come out for the Xbox 360 and the PS3 because um, the the next gen systems were launched right right around the same time as when GTA 5 came out. Right. So it wasn't a fully fledged next gen game. Correct. So I that, played GTA 5 on my Xbox 360. Right. So that means they they still have a, a next gen system that they have yet to release a GTA on. The only thing I can think of though is because Red Dead Redemption 2 was in such a long development cycle, they may have had most of their team just focusing on that. And now that the game is done, now maybe that whole team is now focusing on GTA six. Ah, hmm. uh, man. Do you have any, uh, final thoughts? Let's go back and play the game. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a perfect <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I cannot wait to continue playing the game. I, I, I'm so happy to be back in the world of red dead redemption. The first one was one of my like top, it was in my top five games, uh, of all time. They're just, ugh. You know what else needs to be mentioned is all the dialogue in the game. There is a ton. I think I read somewhere there was like 500,000 lines of dialogue. Oh I mean, gosh. there's a ton. And I mean, just sitting down playing poker with your your, your mates. Uh-huh. Everyone's got like, there's all this chatter and conversation going on. I mean, it was actually fun. They weren't just sitting there, you know? I think in Red Dead, in the first one, people would chime in like once in a while. But nothing like this game. I I played poker for like an hour just because we're everyone's conversing with each other. This is social. It's just fun. I haven't tried that, here, but yeah, I haven't tried poker yet, and I haven't tried dominoes either. I probably I did the dominoes. <laughs> um, but what I have done is when it gets nighttime, uh, when it gets nighttime, when it gets night out, when it gets dark out, that's probably better. The, we they they start the fire and then they people sit down and they start telling campfire stories. Right, I, done I have yet. sat down and just listened to the stories. I and haven't done that. Man, yet. that is, that is just as fun. So, I definitely I I would say for me, concluding thought would be just how cool it is that there's a title that really embraces kind of like more of a of a a slow, realistic version of life where I think the only kind of, of uh, flack that I've read on the, on the online forums, they must be from, from younger gamers that just don't have the patience for it. They want more of a faster paced game. But for someone like myself, it's like, man, this is great. Like just being able to really soak in everything and, and just, enjoy the space and it's very different too. Like I want to be able to distinguish like Witcher three was even slower than um, red dead redemption. In my opinion, I think that that Witcher three was much more of a slow burner of a game where you're just like, man, this is a snail's pace and it was intentionally done. So whereas with redemption, with red dead redemption two, um, you have a lot more stuff constantly going on around you. And I think that's really cool too, is just no matter where you are, what you're doing, whatever it is, 
you, there are different types of events that are transpiring and they're firing off and executing. And it just, it makes the, like I said, the world that much more of an organic place. So I'm, I can't, I personally cannot wait to be able to get off this podcast and continue where I paused it. Cause I mean, we look over the TV right now and the game is literally paused. I died and, uh, <laughs> need to be your, resurrected. Your ghost is, uh, just hovering in your Xbox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. I want to thank all of you for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm for exclusive and early access to the show. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and soundcloud.com slash joygasmtv. Last but certainly not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you next week. 